Today's special guests on the Gaijin podcast are comedy power couple Andrea Pirolo and Vandad Carter. Hey. Hi. <laughs> What up, what up, listeners, and welcome to the Gaijin Podcast, featuring long-form interviews with performers and artists about their craft while exploring the life experiences that have shaped them. I'm your host, Vong Show, official spokesperson for gay, super cute Asians, and I'm so excited about our guest. We have our first returning guest, um, but uh, our two guests today are, 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 are uh, Andrea Pirolo and a returning guest, Vandad Carter, from the brand new, recently launched Too Hot for TV podcast. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having us. It's an honor. Oh, you know what? It's it's so exciting. The interview with uh, with Vandad was, you know, one of one of the highlights for sure of the entire um, all of the episodes from last year. Got got so much. Um, you know, it definitely got a lot of a lot of great feedback. So super happy to have Vandad back, and also happy to meet you, Andrea. Thank you so much. Oh my God, it's a pleasure. I've heard so many great things about you. I'm a fan. I love everything you stand for. I love who you are as a person. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you. I've been so excited for this interview. Usually we start off... um, uh, oh my! So, oh, one thing I may not have told you is we do get live. Uh, we do get live uh, questions, and we have somebody named the Boring on Periscope saying, "Hey, me too, Asian." So I'm assuming that's a racist white person. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, thank you for tuning in. We will take the uh, the advanced statistics. <laughs> Oh maybe, maybe he's super woke and he knows that Iran is part of Asia. So he's like, wow, two Asians. There you go. Always the optimist. Always the optimist. <laughs> <Bandit. laughs> <laughs> okay, so usually, at, you know, off, off the top, um, we usually, uh, you know, we usually talk about um, what what your background is, get to know you a little bit more. But Vandad, since you've already been on, we're going to focus on Andrea for a little bit now. Um, so, <laughs> so Andrea, what is your origin story? I hear you were from Tennessee. Now you're in Montreal. You're a stand-up comedian. Sort of take me through the journey that brought you into stand-up comedy. Oh my God. Okay. So this is going to sound whack as fuck. And I'm sure your <laughs> gay fan base is going to get such a kick out of this. But when I lived in Tennessee, I went to a, a private Christian high school or a private Christian school from the time I was like 10 to 17. Mm. So the first time I ever performed on a stage was actually to like give a devotional. So it, it was like, <laughs> like it's the word of like the Bible in front wow. of like the whole school when I was 17. And I honestly, like, I didn't really believe any of this shit. Like I didn't go to church. Like I was raised Catholic, but I was lapsed. Like <laughs> I wasn't really into it. I just like really liked being on stage. Mm. And so, I just kind of like Trojan horse them. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go like talk about like Jesus, like, <laughs> talk about how he's made such a difference in my life. And then I went up on stage and was basically like, y'all, like, you have your whole lives ahead of you. <laughs> Just like, stop listening to, like, everybody who's, like, shoving this down your throat. Just, oh. like, 
relax. Like people got so mad, like the teachers, like people who like heads of school got so mad at me, but the student body loved it. They were so engaged. I got like, people were like howling, laughing, you know, I was just kind of like talking shit up Mm. there. And that's when I realized that I, you know, I just love talking shit on stage. Like, you know, it I mean, I had people come up to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, that makes me love you even more because it's 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 funny because I I can relate because I started doing stand up comedy because I used to um, organize human rights conferences and I'd just be like up on stage. And even if you're talking about cancer or AIDS for 45 minutes, you got to crack a joke once in a while because it doesn't matter the topic. Um, so then that oh, just yeah. sort of translated to stand up because I was like, I need to spread this gospel <laughs> beyond, <laughs> beyond. Truth, Lord. Oh, <laughs> I was like, like single day we had these devotionals, right? Like from the time and most people go going to school for like a decade, you know, wow. so it's like a decade of this shit every single day. I mean, nobody was paying attention, right? So to get people to pay attention like that crowd specifically and like 745 in the morning, I mean, you need to do something mm. like you need to make it snazzy. And so like, God yeah. damn it, I made it snazzy and <laughs> it took <laughs> So how would you say that your comedy has grown or translated from those Early from that first time on stage to how you translated it to um, your performances now or prior to COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, prior to COVID, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> you know, I do talk a lot about, you know, living in Tennessee and what that was like growing up in the South. Um, I think it's a pretty easy one to get laughs on <laughs> because it's so absurd. Like everything down there is just like fucking absurd, you know. But, um, I don't know. Since then, I've definitely gotten a lot more into crowd work. I think that was something Mm. I think with any comic, it takes maybe a little bit more time to get comfortable with crowd work. It's not something you just start out doing. Um, But I've really found my groove in that. I really love, you know, I think people don't expect me to be as sassy as I am, even within our relationship, yours and mine, like Mm. he like all, all kind of like, you know, Throw some he's shit. Sassy, and yeah. he he's like like <laughs> I like it. Loop, I like you know? it. So I think people I'm do not, like I love it. Throw oh, for yeah. loop. Well <laughs> yeah, like I think people like that I can like sort of give it back to people, you know, in the crowd and um I don't know, just I mean, the more you live in a city like Montreal, it's such like the the absurd and the bizarre happens all the time. Like people mm. will just be riding unicycles everywhere. Like I've seen people dressed up in like full like i don't know like eight like aliens like all kinds of weird stuff naked people like walking down say cats i mean you see so much weird stuff here that like it's so easy to create content on like a daily basis yeah montreal is one of my favorite cities it is what you're saying is is true because you know toronto's known for being somewhat of a conservative somewhat you know uh stick up your ass kind of kind, kind of city and montreal's just so loose and i love it yeah. oh my god like like i remember the first time i went to montreal i saw a mcdonald's next to a strip club and like that would never happen in toronto because like you have to separate the children who go to mcdonald's from strip clubs and montreal's like we don't care you can grab that big mac go look at some dick <laughs> you know so just 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 going um back a little bit what what brought you from tennessee to montreal that's a great question. Um, it was actually for university. So yeah. I, I originally, I 
growing up in the States, I don't think a lot of Americans really consider going out of country for university. Like it's mm. not something that's really on anyone's radar. Mm. And it wasn't on mine. So I started um, university in Boston, mm. um, in Boston. And then I just sort of visited here kind of just like on a whim. And I ended up falling in love with the city. I had been um, speaking French in school for a long time, like since I was 12. So I was pretty mm. fluent in French by that point. I didn't want to lose it living in the States. And so I thought like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to transfer and see what happens. And wow. I didn't expect to get into McGill because like, mm. I'm not a genius, you know, but I think on paper, I must have just looked good enough to get in. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they accepted me and here I am three years later. No, going strong. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure you're just being humble because um, McGill is one of the top universities in Canada. So yeah. they must have seen something very, very special in you. And, you know, I feel like a, a lot of the best comedians are also the smartest comedians. So it, it's definitely, um, you know, definitely a, 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 a commodity to have for sure. Now, I do want to ask you, as somebody who grew up in the U.S., do you, are you still able to vote? Um, so I am technically able to vote. The issue is this, um, you know, voting, the, the requirements differ from state to state, right? Because it's kind of a messed up mm. system in a lot of ways. So Tennessee state is actually, rights. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yes. Big deal over Indeed, there. States rights. Yeah. So Tennessee is actually the second di most difficult state to vote in, in the country, mm. which like already voter suppression, right. is just horrible. Yeah. And then on top of that, Tennesseans can't vote unless um, they like the first time you vote has to be in person at the clerk's office. And so I I was eligible to vote in the past two elections. But both of those elections, I've been here and cast absentee ballots. Mm. So I have voted and I've sent them in via mail and all this stuff. But do I know whether it's getting counted? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I will tell you how I can't even what? express how surreal it was on this past uh, ballot to see Kanye West's name, like like your oh. country, you know, like the <laughs> official like presidential like nominees, Kanye West. I was like, I mean, it's no crazier than Donald Trump, but yeah, I was and like, he won. That's the. <laughs> it was just such a mind fuck. <laughs> oh my goodness! I hope Kanye wow. wins. Oh my god! Give it to Kanye. Oh my god! Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah. Like, no. <laughs> Kanye, Kanye definitely lost lost the lost the plot somewhere there. I, I was big into Kanye for a while, and then uh, not not so much. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to say is uh, from Periscope, the boring um, says he's from India, so he's not being super racist. <laughs> so sorry, sorry for that accusation. Uh, I don't know. I I clearly hey, just oh, love oh. randomly calling people racist. It's my uh, self defense sure. mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know what part of India he's from, but if you speak Punjab, Satsriyaka <laughs> Kida. That's all I have. <laughs> Well, there oh, you go. Actually, you know what? Quite quite a bit of my audience is from India and Pakistan. So uh, it, it's because one of my biggest jokes was uh, this thing about my my um, my all Asian curling team, and one of the curling team members is from Pakistan. And for some reason, it like went viral in Pakistan. Like, I think wow. I think like a quarter of my followers are from Pakistan across all social media so hey hey uh hey what up pakistan um and and <laughs> india of course uh, that's a place where i don't want to generalize but it's a place where it's a lot harder to be outwardly gay and out of the closet or lgbtq mm. so 
you know, big up to them. And, and, and hopefully they can get a little of your super cute Asian ass. hey you know what world tour world tour someday someday um so you know now bringing you know van dad into the picture um let's kind of get the origin story of how you know like how how did you two meet and what how did your love blossom during a pandemic of all of all cases because love finds a way brother (laughs) Love will always find the way. This is from God. How could I not love this? <laughs> like, did you guys do? I know, like, um, like, like, um, uh, Teresa Tam was telling people who are dating to have sex with masks on. Like, did you guys do that type no. of pandemic? <laughs> pandemic reason. We did not listen to the expert medical advice. Oh my god! Yeah, um, I'm into kink, but like that level, I like. I'm not sure. <laughs> I want to know what you look like, so I'm not fucking an uggo, you know what I mean? It <laughs> like, started with talking online and phone calls. Hmm. I mean, very long. A beautiful, long. a beautiful lady tells me uh, she likes the communist propaganda I'm spreading and calls me comrade. <laughs> she called me comrade, Bong. <laughs> Bold. To see where this goes. <laughs> And then I found out she was a, she told me she's a comic too. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah. Let's, hey, I, that's, that's hot water here. I don't think I can, you know, I don't, I was like, I don't know if that works. Like, it wasn't even about her. It was just specifically, she was kind of beating around the bush of like, hey, yeah. if two comics were to kind yeah, of get yeah, together. Yeah. And I was like, oh, typically not a good idea. Typically, probably not a thing you want to do or that I'd want to do or whatever. And then I kind of like, Ding! I was like, well, although <laughs> See, I'm like, but you're screaming. In my so, I'm sorry. Mark. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I see a few comic couples who get together and then they end up being like power couples. Then they make content. Then it's like they're uh-huh. unstoppable. So I'm like, that is uh, the other school of thought. Maybe, maybe this bit has legs. You know what I mean? Let's, uh, it is, have have either of you ever dated another comedian before? I've dated a producer before, but not for spots. Goddamn! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no, he. I promise, no spots. I just want to put that on the record. Yeah, to be honest, I, have... I haven't seen her. We haven't seen each other do comedy. I mean, we met during COVID, right? So we haven't seen each other's sets. I trust that he's funny. He makes me laugh every day. Like she's mm. really fun. She's you're really fun. I am. She's like, really fun. Yeah, I can't wait to see her on stage, especially what you were saying with like the the sass or whatever, like mm. crowd work. She was saying like. I want to see that because, like, in public, I've seen her snap at people. So <laughs> I can't wait to see that, like, with a heckler. You yeah. Know? Well, like, the thing is, like, you know, yeah. So I dated that the, another producer before Van Dead. I never did any like professional work with him. I didn't. His sort of brand was not um, kind of vibing with my brand. With my brand, so mm. you know, it wasn't. We didn't really do anything there. And also, like, I mean, you say it's, you know, you were against, like, dating comic. I was, too. Cause, like, I was scared of it. I was scared of it. It it's looks bad tough. for a woman. Like, you know, people Egg would show. say shit about a woman. Like, oh, like, is she just, like, fucking him for spots? It's like, bitch, I'm not, like, fucking somebody to get spot on your, like, shitty-ass open mic. You know what I'm saying? Like... Oh I, no, that's that that's not where my mind was going at all. I was thinking I wouldn't oh, have yeah. thought it was you. I would have questioned Van Dad. I was like, you know, yeah. an American 
you know, Canadians always want to tour in the U.S. It's a lot harder to get down. He, there you go. I, I actually think I think it's Van Dad that's going to be under the microscope more because you you got that magic green card, girl. Because stay in Canada, you know. <laughs> when the empire implodes, she can have a safe haven. It's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. I hate going to Iran, you know, without yeah. people like gunning me down. Like, love that, <laughs> you know. Although I, yeah. oh my god. So, uh, so speaking of touring in the U.S., have you gone back and done comedy in your home country? And it, no. it, is it different from Canada? Um, you know, at least I've only like been in Tennessee, right? I haven't really been like elsewhere, but I and I haven't done it since I moved here. Um, mm. just because I haven't really been home that much. Like I'd be home for like maybe like a week at a time maybe like two weeks out of the whole year. And I would just be seeing family the whole time. It was really mm. just like low key. Yeah. I thought the scene, you know, the, is, when I first moved here, I thought the scene was so different because I thought it was, and it is definitely a lot more, um, I think open to all sorts of people. Yeah. It's um, I think it's like, you know, certain like bookers try to get a variety of people mm -hmm. right on their, on their shows. And I think in general, I mean, especially if you think about like open mic type stuff, right. Or like, just like $5, $10 tickets, there's a lot less problematic shit that's spewed here. Like definitely people are held to a higher standard in terms of like ethical, <laughs> like, you know, what, what they're repping. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, then the more, and I'm not shit talking, but the more that I stay in the comedy scene here and the more I get involved, the more I realize that there are, you know, as much as, I think, you know, maybe for a lot of your followers and for a lot of people who like look at comedy or just start, it's easy to think like, oh, like how much has changed since, since comedy began, like how much, you know, how much more progressive it is now. But there's still, and I'm sure you felt this, there's still glass ceilings that need to be broken. Mm -hmm. And a lot of ways, it's still like there will be like the cliquish comedy bros, you know, that like like look weirdly upon like anybody who's like a not like cishet white dude, you know, there's yeah. that's still everywhere. So especially in the French scene here as well. So when you, when you go out farther out of town and do like little like bum fuck towns, you know, <laughs> Quebec <ball>, like bars, <laughs> you run into a different thing. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Oh, so the race, there can be racism and stuff that's like on par with Tennessee more or less. Um, it's more, it's more, um, under the radar, I think, but I think once you sort of get in, it's, it's more similar than different at the end of the day, surprisingly. Yeah, no, you know, to, I definitely get what you're saying about these small towns. I, I started out my career in, out in Alberta doing, uh, small, very conservative towns where people had literally never met an Asian before. So yeah, oh there's, it, it, it can be crazy anywhere you go. And that, that includes, uh, Canada as well. Um, well, one thing I want to say that's really coming across, you know, not just in this interview, but so all day long, I've been listening to both episodes of your podcast. And Thank you. your chemistry is off, off the charts. And, and for me, like a great sign of chemistry is like, there's no pauses, there's no like, it's it's just like this one continuous conversation that's just so free flowing and it's like stream of consciousness and like 
how I don't know. I, I, I there's there's not an actual question there. I'm I'm just <laughs> trying to say, you know, like you know, like like definitely to 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 the listeners, check it out. It's the Too Hot for TV podcast. We've got the link in the show notes, and it'll be tagged as well. Um, but you know, how, how do you feel that your real life chemistry translates over to your podcast? It is real life. It really is. Yeah. I've been here for, what day is it? The 24th? <laughs> yeah, I've been here since January 1st. So she came to visit me once, uh, twice actually in Toronto. Mm. And the last time we, I just, Vong, I had a, I had a one-way ticket to Montreal with her. <laughs> booked, Cinema. Booked like a month in advance, okay? And I hadn't even dealt with my apartment yet. So I had the ticket being like, I'm going, but I, I still have to clean up this mess. So I like... Uh, found a subletter down to the wire, like three days ahead. I got subletter. I got the money. I just gave him the keys, like, bye. And just (laughs) got on this train ticket, this most romantic train ticket, because I'm thrilled. Like, this person came into my life and just has changed everything. Like, I, what you see Uh on the podcast is just how we talk and are. It's electric. Like, I don't. I mean, maybe it's like a honeymoon phase and whatever, but I don't think so. Like, you you know me. You know my <laughs> intensity, right? If something can keep me going and, yeah. like, if someone can handle this. Like, I said, like, one of our first conversations, uh, like, when we were, like, an hour or two deep of messaging, I was like, by the way, good job on decoding these hieroglyphics, you know? Because I'll just not even look, just send, send, send. Like, everything's just jumbled and, like... She gets me. She gets me on like a deep level. Like, and, you know, we just jumped right into it because we're like, hey, we have so many good conversations. Let's just start recording it and put it out as content. You know, there's nothing else going on during COVID. Now we got a show going. But I mean, there's highs and lows and whatever. Sometimes she needs a little her time. Well, yeah, I will say like. I'm yeah, let's 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 dig into the lows. I need I I need I need some of that dirt right now. Um, oh, what yeah. what is, what is the worst thing about Van Dad? We we need to hear oh this. God. He okay. He's first, and these kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> and like viewers will see this immediately. And Vong, you already know he is so loud all the time. Like this is not just like oh, like he's in show mode right now. It's like. We will wake up, like I'll wake up for work or whatever at six forty-five in the morning, and he'll just be like, "Did you see what Elon Musk fucking tweeted about the, the fucking stores of lithium and whatever like this?" He'll like keep going on and on. Like I'll try to like you know like go to the bathroom in the morning. He'll like follow me into the bathroom. Do you, do you know about this and this 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 this? Thing? And you know he's. I was taking a shower. She walked in the bathroom. I didn't great. follow to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, like let's not like me too busy, you know. But like I um. You know, I am very, he's super, super high energy, which I love. It's super motivating. But there are times like, um, I, <laughs> like I come from a pretty stoic, like Catholic family. Mm. And so like, I, sometimes I'm just quieter and sometimes I like, don't feel the need to like speak constantly. Whereas Van Dad does, does not have yeah. that desire. He's, <laughs> We yeah. took a personality test last night together um, oh. because I studied psychology. So I thought it'd be interesting. I was like, I need to know the inner workings of Van Dad's mind. And 
Um, he was, it was like a scale of introversion and extroversion. And I got somewhere in the middle, like, uh, like 70% extroversion or something. Yeah. Yeah. He was a 98% extrovert. <laughs> like, how is that even? That makes human? a lot of sense. Yeah. That oh makes my God. A lot of sense. Yeah. What you see is what you get with Vanda. That's really sure. the, that's the worst thing about me though. That's pretty good. Right, Vaughn? That's, that's, that's the worst. That's, you wanted juice. That's that's pretty good. That's 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 pretty good. Um, you know, it, at least if, if your biggest flaw is something that's that's visible, you know, it, it usually makes, especially as a performer, if you can be vulnerable, and if your biggest flaw is something that's outward projecting, it usually allows an audience to uh, to come along with you. Which I'm very excited to see how a Montreal audience will react to. The dynamo that is Vandad. Um, I, 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 it, it's pretty interesting. I've, I've performed in Montreal. It's very different from, from the rest of, of Canada. Um, they'll be really interesting. But one question I have for Vandad is Is this a permanent move or is this during the pandemic? Like, has Toronto lost one of its best young, promising uh, producers and comedians? Has Andrea stolen you away from the Toronto comedy scene? And should we be mad at her? Okay, you shouldn't be mad at her. I've always wanted to live in Montreal. Um, As an immigrant, we never had a cottage, but as weird business mercantile people, we had had like a motel thing in Montreal. We had like a motel apartment. So that was that was half my summer every year was uh, was going to our Montreal spot mm. and uh, I spent so much time there. I've been coming to do comedy here for about three years. Mm. I always get so much love from the audiences here. It's mm. like they really kind of get me. So I've always I've always wanted to do it. I've wanted to make the move. I thought in a year or two I would do it. And then COVID happened. I was like, okay, maybe a year, six months. And then I met her and it was like, within that month, I was just here. I just, wow. I was like, now or never, let's do it. So she's definitely a huge factor, but no, this was part of the plan, Vong. This was part of the pre-COVID <laughs> plan anyways. Part of God's plan, Vong, you know? So uh, I was meant to be here, I think. And um, a lot of it is, you know, it's like, it's much easier to find that balance of life, I think, in Montreal. Just cost alone, but also mm-hmm. the attitude people seem to have. So, that, relax, so you get that yeah. in the comedy scene, but then you get that in the audience too. Like the audience mm. isn't as stressed out because yeah, they want to have a good time. You, you know, know, have to pay rent and they're like dying or whatever. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I think in a lot of ways I belonged here. And COVID definitely sped it up too. Obviously, she mm. she she wasn't like pushing me to, but like I just knew I needed to be within the same uh, radius as uh, as the, as her. Um, in terms of, okay, Montreal is getting me for the foreseeable future, yes, but Ontario's not losing me because, uh, Toronto maybe, but Ontario, no, because uh, <laughs> my, my monthlies and my one-offs, are I still have standing uh, relations and actually standing, not contracts, but like we have deals in place where as soon as COVID's done or as soon as shows are able to happen, be it outdoor in the summer, we're going to continue those. So I'm going to be visiting a lot. I'm basically going to have a circuit going of these Ontario out of town shows. And a lot of them are going to be just booked by me for now. And, and I'll have other hosts and which is great. Cause you know, I love mm. spreading, passing the salt. That's one yeah. more high paid spot I can book out. Um, but uh, I'll also set it up so that I can come visit for a month and just do boom, 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 a bunch of my shows. I actually got, so I, I met a, I, I'm still trying to produce, like I'm still trying to, right now is like, a, there's no shows happening obviously, but I'm laying the groundwork for a lot of the future shows. So now um, I just set up a partnership 
uh, with a lady who owns two venues, two art spaces. They're about 200 capacity each. One's in Toronto, one's in Montreal. Mm. So as soon as shows are able to happen, there's two more on the list. It's a kind of back and forth circuit. And while I'm here, I want to, I'm going to produce shows, but I also um, want to get a lot of Toronto comics here back and forth on a circuit here so that they can kind of just crisscross. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's a blessing. It's not going to hurt Toronto comedy. I think it'll in the long run, give Toronto comics a lot more work um, in, in Montreal as well mm-hmm. as Ontario. And uh, I'm excited. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing to be sad about, you know, this is all just this is all spreading the love for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I will, I will definitely take advantage of this new Montreal relationship. Uh, uh, now, 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 now I've got an, an inn in Montreal. I will definitely be, be up there more. Um, so, uh, you know, we, 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 we mentioned it briefly, but you know, the two of you have launched a podcast together. It's called too hot for TV, which I think is an amazing name because you know, F mainstream media, right? So, uh, yes. Let's let, let's let's go into you know let's talk about like the origin story of the podcast like how you know when was the concept put together was it more Van Dad's idea was it more yours Andrea uh, so it sort of take me through the initial conversations yeah I think um, I think as soon as we I mean remember we met online we met on Instagram you know like she DM'd like the me. Use we she are. slid into my DMs. holy shit he says that to every single person that I so um I think as soon as we started having these super long phone calls we knew uh-huh. that there was going to be some sort of like we Content. were gonna yeah yeah I mean there was just too much there were too many sparks there flying you know it was just too it was just too good like I think genuinely we had so much love for the conversations that we were having and such a great time that we really did like want to share this with as many people as we could. Mm. Um, and we just didn't really like, we knew we had endless things to talk about. We just didn't really know exactly how it was going to take off. And then I think one time you mentioned we were like, we were messaging or something. You said something about this too hot for TV love we had. And just right off the bat, I was like, that's the name of the podcast. Like too hot Mm. for TV. Absolutely. And he was like, he was like, baby, you're a genius. I'm like, I know, like, can't help it. (laughs) You know, whatever baby Einstein. So yeah, it took off from there. We got, you know, I had a, friend sort of you know work as a little like design team a little yeah, bit shout out to josie josie Britt, yeah she like, did good art yeah. north carolina born and raised yeah so um you know she helped us out and he's got you know a bunch of connects to sort of help us with the other ends of it so like editing a little bit well my my new montreal roommate who i'm moving in with uh february he's a comic and um, he's a newer comic but he does video editing and audio editing and he mm. uh we into this apartment thinking like this is going to be a studio for content so our living room is about to be turned into a studio wow. there and uh he's got all the equipment he, he's got the Noah. as you know editing is like the biggest bottleneck so yep. i'm definitely sort of utilizing this home studio can you hear us Vong? did it freeze no yeah i i can hello? i can totally hear you hello Vong? yeah i i can Mom! i i can i can 100 percent hear you his little face I've, His little face is oh, so no. frozen. Oh, uh, you might you might have to reboot. Everything's working on my end. 
Uh, okay, for the uh, for the podcast listeners, I am going to pause it here just for a moment um, to try and figure out what is going on, and we will resume shortly.